And welcome, everybody, to uh, episode 124 of the Between Two Wheels podcast. I'm Tyler Yonke. We're going to give you stage two and a little bit of news around the world of cycling uh, of the Dauphiné, the Critérium du Dauphiné in France. Uh, Critérium du Dauphiné stage two, some routes and results. We're going to do some corrections to stage one, some things I screwed up uh, on my comments. Uh, Wout Van Ert announces his Dauphiné so far and his future plans. Things that make you go, hmm, and winners and losers. All right, let's get right into this. So so today we had stage two, and we'll look at the route here. It was, look, this part, of they're in the south-central portion of France. They're moving from the western side over to the eastern side. And for the most part, this is a gorgeous area of France. I don't know if you've been able to see it. Um, it's nice and green. It's I would call this extremely hilly. So not mountainous yet, but extremely hilly, uh, which can take its toll. And you're still going to see some, you know, the main GC climber types kind of come into the fore. So today's route was Mariac to Crepon sur Arzon, 180 kilometers. Uh, the start in Mariac, Mariac was built on the slope of a volcanic hill. It has a medieval church and the buildings of an old abbey now used as public offices and dwellings. The town owes its origin to the abbey, which originated from a 6th century foundation. So a lot of the stuff when you read about this town, uh, it's all kind of centered around this abbey and issues with uh, the Renaissance, um, the French Revolution, and hiding priests and some other stuff. So interesting. I'm sure it would be great to go and visit as a tourist trap. Uh, the finish is since in crepon sur arzon uh, since it's just a little known fact here, uh, since 1993, Crepon-sur-Ozon has hosted a large country music festival among the largest in Europe every year on the last weekend in July. So let's say you're going out there to uh, the Tour de France and you're a little country fan and you want to get your, your country kick in, go check it out, uh, the festival over there in Crepon-sur-Ozon. I'm sure they, they do f- uh, country music like no one else. Okay, today's uh, profile We'll post it up on our YouTube, um, uh, give a, an idea of what the, the actual profile looks like here. Um, but I would call it extremely hilly. It was eight categorized climbs from the fours, twos, and threes. Uh, no cat ones, no HCs. And like I said, 180 kilometers, so not horrible in length. But it did have some, the weather. looks. It was very cold. Guys are freezing looking at the finish, and it was wet. So what you did see from there is I started to see this out from the classics. Uh, they have guys with the uh, fenders uh, on their seat posts. And look, is that to protect themselves or is that to protect others in the group? I don't know, but it's just the floppy ones that kind of stick off the back wheel. Um, then you, you got that mixed in with these sensors, which kind of look like uh, the fender as well. Um, so I don't know if that's that's kind of an ugly look, but <clears throat> I'd be interested in to hear maybe someone that's that's involved in I don't know if it's dimension data that does these but the data the data sticks basically off the bike they're they're good looks like four or five inches in length kind of sticking out there uh, just a side note because uh, I'm like are those the data sticks or are those the fenders it looks like there's both okay some corrections here I said yesterday that last year you had this conflict with the Tour de France starting a week later due to uh, the World Cup, and so G- uh, Garrett Thomas and some others did the Tour de Swiss while most of them were doing the, the Dauphiné. Eh, totally wrong. 
what I did know was there was a, a distinct split. We talked about that last year of others. Actually, what had happened was, and I can just go through here. So the Tour of Swiss, uh, the Daphne, sorry, last year, Garrett Thomas actually won that. And I, the situation, I knew there was a split in, in some of these. And Thomas won that. He had decided to go there. But a lot of the contenders had gone to the Tour de Suisse because it was later. So I had the idea right. I had the, the actual facts incorrect. So I'm making that correction here. But it's good to note that he went there and he timed his race just fine, even with the others. Uh, just to give you an overview of who the Daphne was last year. Garrett Thomas was first. Adam Yates second. Roman Bardet third. Dan Martin fourth. Damiano Caruso, fifth, Manuel Bachman, Bachman, um, sixth, Pierre Latour, seventh, uh, Pierre Lalonde, eighth, Garcia Navarro, ninth, uh, Ilnar Zacharin, tenth, Antoine Tolhook, Guillaume Martin, Theo Gagin-Hart, Tish Benut, Valeria Conti, Mark Soler, da-da-da-da, Warren Bargui down to 19th, and Nicolas Zedier at 20th. So that's kind of how you had your, your top 20 last year and then we'll see. I'll just do a quick overview of who you're we're in your tour Swiss last year. Richie Port wins that. Fuglesong second. Nairo Quintana. Eric, um, uh, Enric Maas, uh, fourth. Wilco Kelderman, fifth. Simon Spielak, sixth. Sam Uman, seventh. Steven Koizwick, eighth. Diego Elisi, ninth. And Arthur Vichot, tenth. So, once again, a good smattering. And one thing to note there, you know, you had a lot of those guys that did both the tour and the, the Giro, well, two, namely uh, Dumoulin and Froome, um, they didn't do these races, so you didn't see that conflict over there uh, of either one doing them. This year, you do have Froome in the Dauphiné. You don't have Garrett Thomas doing either. Uh, at least, we don't know what he's doing. He's probably doing Swiss, so that'll be, we'll see that in the next week as that starts. Okay, with that correction out of the way, look, there's there's got to be a lot more corrections. Um, it's kind of the stuff I say. So if you have comments for this, because I'm a little light on the, on the comments on the uh, mailbag here today. Uh, if you have any comments, questions, uh, go ahead and submit them over. You can do it on right on the YouTube page. You can do it on our Facebook. You can do it on any of the platforms we have. and Or even email us at admin at betweentwowheels.com. Okay, stage one, like I said, cold and wet, ton of climbing. Uh, about 40k in, you had Tom Dumoulin or 40k to go. Tom Dumoulin, uh, Isagira, uh, Gudo, and Imal Bachman. They got in a, a quick break. They had like between 40 seconds to a minute. Uh, what this did was it forced Ineos and Froome to do some chasing. I don't know if they wanted to. Probably good to warm themselves up, but it starts to break up everything. The break then gets caught. Look, Dumoulin. He's not sure about his fitness. He's not sure about his his health, his overall health of his leg after the the Giro. So he, it looks like he was testing himself. And it was good to see him getting out there. What you ended up seeing was once it got caught and everything hit the fan, he was nowhere to be found. So I think he was just out trying to see what he can do, give it some some movement. He's probably not at the Daphne to actually win it. He's probably there to test himself uh, with a few, you know, with some climbing, get some attacks in. Obviously, there's a time trial. He's probably going to see how he goes for that. And look. You don't need the definite, you don't need to win that to be putting yourself in position to win the tour. We've seen since the Lance era that a lot of riders do win both. You've had Froome, you've had Wiggins doing that, uh, but it's not always necessary. As a matter of fact, uh, one year when Lance had some trouble, he really went toe to toe. I'm trying to remember the Spanish guy's name that, um, that he went toe to toe with and really pushed him in the Dauphiné, and then it seemed to have hurt him in the tour that year, when, I think 2003, when he went and had some trouble with uh, Jan Ulrich. Um, Iban, Iban Mayo, I think, is who he was con- uh, contesting really hard to win the, the Daphne in that year. 
anyway, some of my facts may be wrong, but I know there's there's the gist of it is there. Uh, so anyway, you don't need to necessarily have that for the tour to be right up there to to win it, but it is good to be at least seeing yourself progress. If you're getting pipped off the front from you know the top climbers, uh, depending on the stage where you're kind of at, like we're going to see from some happen to some GC riders today, it's not room to panic. Uh, but if you're getting losing a lot of time, then maybe it is time. Um, so anyway, you have Tom Dumoulin and these three other guys. They get caught. It's about 20 to K. Uh, other people start hitting the front. You had Dylan Toons, uh, Guillaume Martin of the Wanty Group, Gobert, and Toons of Bahrain Merida. I mentioned both those yesterday in the preview show. Um, they ended up with two other guys. They split off from them about this time. Bozenhagen starts to lose ground. And then you start to see um, uh, Thibaut Pino of the Franche de Jou uh, FDJ team. And he starts doing some attacking. And with that, you ended up seeing... Froome having to counter or to cover those. You had Michael Woods was looked like he was easily able to to do so. And it actually split the group up well. You had Mike Woods, Froome, Fuglesong. Um, I'd be able to make this front group. Fuglesong has Lutsenko in there with him. Uh, Froome has Watt Poles in there with him. And no one else has teammates. And they're chasing the two riders off the front, which end up about 20 seconds or so. Uh, 15, 13 seconds actually at the finish. Uh, they end up taking it off uh, and holding them off. However, there was a little bit of a split there. You had Richie Port of Trek Sigafredo. You had TJ Van Garden of EFF Education. Uh, right in front of them, you had Dan Martin and Roman Bardet. They weren't able to connect. They end up coming back to the TJ group and Richie Port group. And that group comes in just a little bit back. So, in, And he had actually a pretty good sprint with uh, Dylan Toons and Guillaume Martin uh, going toe-to-toe there at the line. It looked like Martin was maybe going to take it. But right up at the line, you had Dylan uh, being able to... Um, Close that out. So one, two there. The field comes in. Uh, Jacob Fuglesong gets third. Pino gets fourth. Mike Woods gets fifth. Lusenko sixth. Vakov. Uh, 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 oh, that's who the the quick step rider was. So Peter Vakov. Vakov. Uh, Naro Quintana. Wout Poles. Adam Yates. Chris Froome. And then a break out to another thirty seconds back with Jaber, Rudy Millard, Dan Martin, Koizwick, Bachman, Van Garder, and Port. And Roman Bardet for the top 20. That's that's your main guys you're looking at there. You didn't even see Tom Dumoulin. Uh, I didn't even really see where he came in. So the overall right now, you've got Dylan Toons in first, Martin, uh, Gam Martin in second at three seconds. Edward Bozenhagen is distance. He's not able to stay in the yellow. Uh, Fugelsong at 20. Lutsenko 21. Narokantana at 24. And there's a smattering of top 10 all down to 24 seconds with Yates, Pino, Froome, Poles, and Mike Woods. So really good showing for Mike Woods. Even EVF Education first to have um, Van Garder in there in 14th. It'll be interesting to see if he's willing to kind of help Mike out and kind of a little more of a supporting role. Uh, but, you know, who knows what uh, TJ's got going. You know, he was quite the disappointment, I think, at uh, the Tour of California, not being able to stay anywhere near the the top riders on the final climb up to baldy and with that it was it was unique in that that he came off very very early on that climb so you know maybe that's not his cup of tea and the tour is not really set to have those kind of climbs but you know he's pretty famous for being able to just shut it down um and i say shut it down where i mean he gets dropped pretty good uh, the first day after a rest day. So it'll be interesting to see what he does at that. Tomorrow, I'm expecting not much out of the GC. You have Le Poivin and Valle to Rion, 172 kilometers. Uh, there's four categorized four climbs. 
one comes fairly easy, easy early and then it just slopes down and you're going to have a you have a sprint spot and then the finish so and then you have the, the time trial so i don't expect much out of the overall tomorrow so we're probably going to see dylan and guillaume take the lead the one two into the time trial and then we'll see about that let's we'll see if dylan tunes can hold out I, I expect he will have a better chance to stay in the lead for quite a while over guillaume um <clears throat> martin but then you've got Fuglesang, Linsenko, uh, Woods, Pow Poles, Froome, um, Yates, some guys that can time trial. Uh, they're probably going to put some time into, well, at least um, Gam Martin and possibly Dylan Tunes as well. Okay, so let's get to some other news. Uh, Jumbo Visma introduced their Tour de France team for 2019, and Wout Van Aert, who's actually in the Young Riders jersey at the currently at the Dauphiné due to his ride yesterday, getting third place on the day, and then being able to somewhat defend that today, still staying up there with the main field. Uh, he's still in the Young Riders jersey. It was announced that he will ride the 2019 Tour de France uh, with the uh, Jumbo Visma team. Uh, notable from missing from their squad are uh, Robert Hessink and um, Primus Roglic. Roglic um, just having come off the Giro. I don't know if he's planning to do the Volta or if he's just kind of done with his his Grand Tours for the season. Uh, obviously, he took a big gamble at going to the Giro, and that did not pay off. Well, he got third place, but you know he's really expecting, I'm sure, to to win it all there. Maybe he's going to focus on the World Championships. I probably need to look at the World Championships profile to see if that's even an issue. Let's see if it's even something he can go for. Because uh, if it's a flatty stage, then that's probably not going to be a chance. But time trial, um, there's a good chance that he can come out with the World Championships I uh, was second there, I believe, to uh, Dumoulin in Norway two years ago. So he obviously has a good chance of, of winning that. So I don't know what he has planned for the rest of the season. There was an article out where he was talking about the other teams kind of ganging up on him. and that His injuries had caused more trouble than he had let on, which is something if you go back a few in our recap of the Giro, I did strike on and mention that, it, you know, you don't go down, especially the way he did into the barrier and just be perfectly fine. Um, there's probably some, you know, anytime you get some inflammation anywhere in your body, it's going to cause some 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 effects later on and down the road, especially when you're, you're putting your body through the physical exertion that these guys are doing, it's going to have some significance. Who knows? You know, everyone has to go through something. Uh, almost everyone has a crash at some point. So there's some luck involved in how you finish these races and how you're able to maintain yourself through them. But um, we'll see what happens to Roglic for the rest of the season. Okay. Uh, listener mailbag. We don't have any. So we'd like to get, if you guys want to, you know, look, there's nothing there, nothing to write about. If there is, there's just some comments you want to make. Go ahead and send them in. Like I said, we're going to try to do some of these um, stage by stage, uh, some short clips here of uh, the Daphne. We'll try to do that for the Tour de Suisse as well, as long as my work schedule, family schedule, bike schedule, and I'll, I'll give a little update about my own um, here coming up in a little bit. All right. Some things that make you go, hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. Well, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Iman Lucas uh, local, well, he's from the Bay Area, I believe, uh, rides, uh, cyclist. He's been over in, in Belgium this year and overseas racing. We would mentioned something about that early season that he was going to be over there. Well, he got a top 10 this last week in a race in the uh, Gugum Kermis. It's on June 8th, but he did it without a bike. He crashed, coming. I think it was in the breakaway. He crashed coming on one of the final corners, like three, 400 meters to go. Um, his bike was ruined or the derailleur was broke or something. He gets up and he hands his bike 
to a spectator and just runs across the line like he's Forrest Gump heading down the road. Uh, interesting, he didn't have his bike with him. The and there was uh, first article I read about it was they're like, hey, that's perfectly fine. You just have to finish across the line. I was suspect about that. Did a little looking into it, and there is a UCI rule that says the rider may cross the finish line on foot, provided that he, she, and his or her bicycle is with him. So this is a UCI 1.12B non-professional race, which means this rule should have been applied, but the race jury decided to opt into overrule the governing body on this regulation. You've seen that um, a few times. Some some race juries. T.J. Van Garden in the Tour of California, um, Lupe, Lopez uh, in the Giro where he struck someone. I told you there was strict liability on the UCI rule that there's no really interpretation for. There's not even any context that's supposed to be needed. It's just you strike someone um, in, a, in an aggressive manner who's not a participant in the race, basically a fan, you are expelled. It's a it's a no-brainer. Um, he was not. I like. I don't know. I, I, I talked about that, and I don't think that, that that he necessarily should have been expelled. But it is interesting that there's a strict liability. Strict liability basically meaning that whatever the context of the doesn't really matter. It's is there an actual violation of this law um, as as dictated? And if so, then you're done and over. Um, there's the, the law is applied um, forcefully as as it would be seen there, and that would be the case with both of those. Uh, so Iman Lucas finished, look, he, he ended up winning, um, like the next few days later, he ends up winning that, but he did cross. I don't know why. I mean, if all the movies and, and act, uh, bike races I've seen with people, you're grabbing your bike and you're heading up there, you know, Chris Froome decided not to do that when he was heading up the mountain. Um, just going to run up there. I, I just personally, I don't know why you wouldn't just grab your bike and go. Uh, both of these guys, um, I guess the way Iman Lucas was running, maybe we wouldn't have been able to hang on to his bike. He was really intent on getting that top 10. So um, it meant something to him. And obviously, it's gone viral. It's kind of a big issue uh, as far as being able to see it. I don't really care either way. Um, but it does seem like it's a bike race. You should be having your bike with you. So, you know, there's that. Um, on a personal note, I'm going into for getting some uh, medical procedure um, done tomorrow morning too early. You know, they, they schedule these things like seven 30. You got to be in there at five 30. It seems ridiculous. I uh, can't eat after midnight. Um, but it's kind of intensive. So I'm, this is just a follow up from my heart issue that I had a few, uh, last year. Um, so my point is I may not be on the mic here. Well, definitely won't be tomorrow. Um, probably be drugged up. Uh, but I hope to be able to recover enough to, to get you something out for stage, uh, four for the time trial. Uh, and then some of the other stuff and obviously be back at it. Um, barring some freak accident in the hospital should be back in, in up and running. Um, okay. Some winners and losers, uh, on the day, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you don't really have, you don't take the Daphne as a concrete to how people are progressing for the two. I mean, you can look at it at how they're progressing, but you don't need to take it as definitive of here's who, you know, look panic time or anything like that. Uh, but you can still pick some winners and losers based on how the day went. And I'm picking some winners here. Woods, Pinot, and Froome. Those three, especially Woods and Pinot, they were on the attack, both of them, and they really forced the pace. As a matter of fact, Froome mentioned, it was one of the cycling news articles, that um, uh, Pinot was going so good, you know, they, they really were forced to, to follow him. He was the strongest rider out there today. I don't know that Froome knows who Michael Woods is, so he's not going to comment about him. Maybe that's it. Um, Maybe it's the glasses Woods is wearing. You want to check those out. He kind of looks like a, uh, 
a parachuter in some of the goggles he's wearing. Um, not the best look, but uh, look, if you're off the front and you're, you're putting down, then they're good for you. Uh, some losers on the day, Tom, Tom Dumoulin, Richie Port, and Bardet. Uh, they just weren't able look, these weren't hard, steep. I mean, there were some steep climbs. If they were, you know, cat twos, cat threes here, there shouldn't have been distance. It could have been the weather. I mean, that's definitely a, a possibility. But, you know, you got to pick, uh, if I'm going to pick a winner, I'm going to pick a loser. So those are my losers on the day. Um, and there you go. So tomorrow. We mentioned it uh, looks like a fairly basic stage, so I don't expect much action. Matter of fact, today's action, uh, when I first tuned in and I had some other things I had to watch on the replay, uh, it looked boring to me. And then when I actually watched the stage, it was actually pretty good. Uh, there was some, some good stuff in, there in the last 20K, and it was good to see the, the, the main guys coming out. Once again, very gorgeous section of uh, France, uh, very green and wooded, a lot of hilly stuff, so really good to tune into. All right. Thanks again. Uh, That's the end of the Between Two Wheels podcast. As always, subscribe, share the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, wherever this podcast is found. Find us out on our YouTube channel as well under the Between Two Wheels podcast and on Facebook. And until next time, take care.